Dude. Sorry. Sorry. Dude, what the f is that? I wish that I could fly way up in the sky like a bird so high. Oh, I might just try. I wish that I could fly way up in the sky like a bird so high. Oh, I might just try. Oh, I might just try. Alienation version 2.0. This is episode number 54. I am Dan, and with me is Nick. Say hi, Nick. Hey, everyone. How's it going? And also, Justin. What's going on, guys? Excess is king, and Justin wore the crown last week. I'm just going to let you guys know that right off the top. (laughs) I knew that was coming, man. (laughs) Dove right in, right at the beginning. I couldn't... I didn't want to let it get away from me. I've been thinking about that all day long, and I didn't want to let it get by. So I went okay. ahead and jumped right in. Yeah, it's not getting by me, no matter what. There's there's a couple things that we're going to uh, <laughs> take a few minutes and, and discuss. Well, but, uh, yeah, we'll it was look, we had a good time last week. I really just kind of want to reiterate, thanks to Bill Pierce for putting on an awesome fun fly. We had a great yeah. time. A lot of guys had a lot of good times. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you know what can i say we uh we went to othello last fun fly of the year man i cannot believe how quick this summer went by guys it's know. not right it isn't right it's absolutely not right so what the hell have you guys been up to since last week did you recover from uh from the big fun fly or what's the deal how about you nick why don't you start um yeah it took a couple days though i had quite the uh I had quite the mess when I when I got home. It's kind of our, you know, just not only the last fun fly, but the last outing um, that I used my camper or my trailer for. Yeah. So uh, not only did I have our usual fun fly garbage and just disarray inside the trailer, but it was time to completely clean it up and put it away, put it away for the year. So that definitely kept me busy. Um, but yeah, it, t- it took a couple of days to get back to, back to normal though. That's for sure. Did you get any flying in this week? Yes. I have actually, uh, what I want to say three days, just super quick ones. Yeah. Uh, you know, two, three flights after work very quickly. Yeah. Just finishing up. We'll get into the Skookum review, but just tweaking those last couple little things, making sure I had a good understanding of how it all worked and. Yeah, just trying to enjoy the weather while it's still here. Yeah, I tried to get out this week. I got to tell you what, though. That traveling just kicks my ass. I've been... I went out one day, messing around with some autos. Oh, yeah. Doing those autos now. Nice. And, um, you know, I just... Um, it's just been a rough week, man. I, I've just been hurting all week. Craziness. There's a few things that you guys might notice. Sad but true, you're never going to hear Buddy cough in the background again. Had to put the mm. old man down. Oh, no. Yeah, it happens. He had a good life. He was old, uh, old Shih Tzu. And I had congestive heart failure, so... No more uh, no more jokes about the dog smoking, <laughs> I guess. No more coughing Dude, I dog. feel horrible. Uh, I, I really do feel on. horrible about the jokes. Eh, dude, I knew it. In fact, the night before I left, and... um. He had been to the vet, 
uh, a couple days prior. Knew he was going back to the vet. I knew that he wasn't going to be around when I got back. Just had that feeling, huh? It's kind of a... This might sound a little bit creepy, but he's actually sitting over there on the on the bar between the kitchen and the living room in a little box. <laughs> <laughs> His ashes, I'm sorry, I swear to God. I don't think that's creepy. Uh, no, does. that's fine. Now, well, hold on a sec. Yeah, I was waiting for you to say ashes. Because uh, <laughs> if not, <laughs> yeah, I was going to yeah. ask whether there was something else going on. <laughs> Is there something we need to know, Dan? What's going on? No, he, he's... Um, I don't know. They want, they look, there were two options and I don't want to dwell on this, but there were two options. Throw your dog in the dump or have him cremated. So yeah, the choice to me was obvious. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. So anyway, that's kind of what, uh, that's new for me this week. Essentially <laughs> not a lot of flying. I did get one day in. I was supposed to go today. Was up all night last night. Just, uh, could not get to sleep. So I didn't go. Got a bunch of phone calls. Where you at? Even Ed called me, believe it or don't. Told me to get my ass out there, but I just couldn't do it. How about you, Justin? What have you been doing since we got back from Othello? Uh, well, I've been sobering up. Yeah? Uh, <laughs> I was going to ask you, do you, you got a bottle right there next to you? Some whiskey? Nope, maybe? nope, nope. Uh, alcohol and I are taking a little bit of a break. <laughs> <laughs> not not too much, but still. Um, yeah, you know, it's it's interesting, and I'm sure you guys will get into this in more detail, in, in more detail than I ever wanted here um but uh waking up the the morning after if you will you guys know i woke up and i i thought i was feeling fine and it yep. ended up that i was actually just still, still drunk. drunk okay <laughs> well each morning i wake up i realize uh, how much alcohol i still had in my system the day before i was really surprised you weren't up flying at six o'clock in the morning on sunday <sighs> yeah uh not gonna happen i gotta tell you i was shocked to hear your voice. I was in my trailer, like getting ready to get up and I'm like hearing some kind of giddy laughter voice. I'm like, that is, that can't be real. That cannot be Justin giggling and laughing like that. Yep. It, yeah. it was me. It was you. You were a in a lot of false hope. There. A <laughs> For huge an hour. state of denial. Huge. State oh yeah. Of I woke up. I'll, I'll be honest with you, man. I was proud of myself. I woke up and Dan says to me, dude, how are you even talking to me right now? I yeah. would be out on my butt. Ugh. And I'm thinking, wow, okay. Yeah, I can hold my liquor. Mm-hmm. No, actually, I I was still freaking drunk from the night before. Yeah. Not something to be proud of, but it, it was a good time nonetheless. All righty, guys. Before we go into the news, there's a couple things I want to get finished taking care of. You guys remember we did that, uh, well, okay. There was a fundraiser done um, for Vegas Dude. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I was asked to get involved. And apparently the details of who was supposed to get credit, although I don't believe anybody should be getting credit because that's not why you do stuff like that. And it was brought to my attention that I didn't give Heli Freak enough credit for, and keep in mind, there's three entities here. There's RC Alienation. There's Helifreak and then a third party. So Helifreak didn't bring this to my attention. A third party did. So I just, uh, I, I guess, thanks Helifreak for, <laughs> you know, doing what you do. I guess, I, you know, what more can I say? 
Yeah. I mean, we did it. Uh, if if RC Heli Nation would have done it, I would have said RC Heli Nation, but we, I figured we as a community, um, and that's kind of the way I was looking at it, but I guess I was looking at it wrong. So well, there you go. It's, it's, it's just, I, I personally think the whole thing's a moot point. As long as there's a fundraiser and it goes for the right cause, then... Yeah, well, who, that's kind of it doesn't make a difference from. who did what. Yeah, that's kind of yeah. what I, that's kind of what I was thinking. But you know, you got to do what you got to do, I guess. <laughs> everybody, you. everybody wants their props, yo. Yo, that's me getting crunky in there, Nick. You like that? <laughs> oh God, <laughs> thought, I thought we left that at Othello. <laughs> oh, he was no. rapping. To I did me want a to touch earlier. on one quick thing. Yeah, um, since you're talking about wrapping stuff up, uh, man, there has been a. Uh, <laughs> uh, a mirage of so what's the real deal with this compass thing why you guys gotta hate on compass so much <laughs> yeah. uh, we had someone ask on our facebook page yeah. um so why don't you quickly touch on that All so right. we can clear the air so here's the here's the deal behind the whole compass thing and it really doesn't mean anything other than i'm just having fun with it so some background some of you may remember we had RC Alienation, the first version. Some of the guys involved in that particular show were pretty hardcore compass. Mm-hmm. And I found that when I started making silly comments about compass, it really had a tendency to ruffle some feathers. And, you know, you, you show me which feathers to ruffle, I'm going to have a tendency to ruffle them every now and again. <laughs> That's what we do. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, it just kind of grew, and um, you know, I did actually. I own. I actually have. I had a six HV. Okay, never did fly it. Was in a box. Ended up sending it back. Had a Compass Knight and a three D plus. To be honest, I did not like the Compass Knight, and uh, that's neither here nor there. But the point is, you know. So here we are. Fast forward to now. It's like anything else when you're in sixth grade, you know, you, your dad drives a Chevy or whatever, so you're a Chevy dude or maybe a Ford. And you really don't hate the other, but it's just that thing with, you know, you just kind of rib each other about it. Yeah. And uh, it's just really fun. You know, Jesse, he really does amaze me. He is actually quite impressive the way he's able to filter out my ribbing. <laughs> Oh, As yeah. he's talking, it's just like... He doesn't even hear it. He's like a steamship going right through a rogue wave. You know what I mean? He just <laughs> he just doesn't doesn't falter, doesn't hold off the throttle, and he just powers right through it. But no. it's fun. It's all there is That's it. all it is. It's just fun. We're just having fun. So you guys... I did find a little bit of irony in that, though, in that your, your original reason for it yeah. was be- because of the sensitivity... Uh-huh. To anything negative, and that's the kind of what brought it up again. <laughs> so there was a little bit of irony. I I got a kick out of it anyway. Yeah, it's. Am I going to buy a compass? Nah, I don't think so. I mean, you know, for no particular reason. You know, I guess the same reason you'll probably never see Nick dr- or fly uh, Jr. Heli. Yeah, probably not. You know, it's just because. Then what would I make fun of? Exactly. Exactly. I used to make huge fun of the Align people, but then I had to eat some crow. (laughs) For breakfast, lunch, and dinner. (laughs) I got to tell you, uh, 
I absolutely love my Cool Power 700. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Both of them, in fact. So that's kind of the deal behind the whole compass thing. And, um, you know, as we go along, you're going to hear, you're going to hear me poke fun at Jesse and the occasional compass bad mouthing, but it honestly, there's nothing to it. There's no rhyme or reason. Do I think it's a bad helicopter? No, I don't think it's a bad helicopter. Uh, I can give my sole promise that I will make fun of JR and their three bladed head equal. <laughs> to you, to you hating on compass, and I have no reason for that whatsoever. You know what I would like to see, Nick? I'd like to see some somebody make a parody of us. Wouldn't that be fun? Oh God, I think that'd be that blast. would be great. That would be so that'd awesome. Be, that'd be bad news. <laughs> I think that would be cool as hell. It's all in good fun, guys. We're, we're here to have fun. You know, we talk serious occasionally, but for the most part, we don't take ourselves too awful serious. And on that note, oh, there is one other correction. I um, a, a while ago, I had an email, and we were talking about tools two episodes ago. Mm-hmm. And I said uh, JST for those Japan standard screwdrivers. Yep, they're actually JIS. So thank oh. you to the listener for for pointing that out. Keep, you know, stay tuned. You're gonna find lots of mistakes that I made. <laughs> <laughs> All of us. <laughs> You're gonna you're gonna you're gonna wear yourself out if you try to keep up with my mistakes. Just saying. And on that note, I think maybe we should go into some news. I could probably come up with some news. So Nick, did you ever get that goblin sent back? Well, you know, I'll I'll be getting around to it maybe one of these days. Yeah, I think you should just hold on to it, man. What'd you think of that goblin? I'm impressed. Uh, I went into it a little, you know, hesitant, but in the end, it's an incredible flying machine, Dan. So, guys, if you were considering a Goblin and weren't real sure about the 700, keep your eyes open because they're going to be having several other smaller sizes available soon. Alrighty, guys, this week's news is brought to you by HeliDaily.com, your daily RC helicopter news magazine. What do you got, Nick? All right, so our buddy Gregor McGrath over at A-Main did a real nice kind of overview on the Thunder Tiger G4. They seem to be picking up in popularity. I'm I'm kind of surprised. I know that the crash cost has uh, deterred quite a bit of people, but I, it's kind of like they're, they're just really slowly starting to ramp up. I don't think there's any quality issues with them. I've heard nothing but great stuff about them. You know, there's just kind of that big cost point to get over. But anyway, if you guys were interested or wanting to know a little bit more about it, check out the show notes. Uh, Gregor does a great job of just kind of doing a whole kind of like a little mini review overview of the model and the features, uh, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, TSA has. Before you go on, I actually want to make a bit of a another bit of a correction that, that I said probably a long, long time ago when it has to do with those those Thunder Tigers. I when I first looked at those parts, apparently the site I was looking at and a few other sites had a misprint, and it was one hundred and eight dollars per grip. This doesn't make it any better, but it's one hundred and eight dollars for two grips. I mean, it's still oh, oh, still pretty ouch. spendy. It's still yeah. pricey, but it's better than you know two hundred and sixteen dollars for two yeah. grips. But anyway, they're, I just I just wanted to throw that in there. They're still on the higher end. They are. Absolutely. How about that? Yes, yeah. they are. So TSA. Um, 
for any of you who were considering getting the infusion, either, either the nitro or the electric models, uh, the ma- they have the manuals up online now. So you can download those, take a read through, kind of make your own decision on uh, what you think the design is like. Um, so we'll, again, we'll have a link up for that. Hattori has a new uh, muffler out, which I'm kind of excited about and will possibly be getting to, to give a little try. Um, it is strictly oriented towards 3D. It's called the 90FS-3D. Um, yeah, it's, they say, okay, so here's what they said. It's for 12,000 to 15,000 maximum power is available. Um, when the engine RPM is set for 15 to 16, in an event RPM decreases due to excess load, the system will hold the intended RPM. So it's basically a pipe that's pretty much geared toward 3D. You're going to be working it. You're going to stay in that high needle more, and that's where it's going to put out the most power. Is it engine specific, Nick? Um, You know, they don't have any notes up here right now. I don't see anything just in this. I'm sure we'll find out more once it actually, you know, hits the market. But for now, they're not claiming engine specific. Let's see. The New England Heli Crew at their fifth annual Heli Phenomenon, they got... The Mass Hover World Record at 72, I do believe. I'm not 100% if it's official, but that was the unofficial count on it. They've got a video up, so it looks like they were successful with that. So kind of cranks the bar up a little bit higher for the Vegas dude thing. Well, he was going for 100, wasn't he, Dan? Yeah, I believe it was over 100, as, yeah. as I remember. See, 70. I swore I read somewhere that the world record was 106. I must be losing it. Yeah, no, I think, no, it was actually down lower, and I think that's like the number that they were shooting for. Ah, okay, that's what it was. Yeah. Now, um, Mr. Mel, Frederick Mellon, uh, Mr. V-Bar has put out an awesome V-Bar 101 video on using the Castle ESC with that latest firmware 4.02 that they came out with. Uh, he did a great how-to video on getting that set up with the, for the V-Bar governor. Probably saves him a ton of answering questions over and over again. So definitely, if you're considering it or if you're going to do it, take the time to watch the video. The guy does exceptional how-to videos. Um, you know, got a little bit of an accent. Sometimes it can be a little tricky to understand, but they're to the point. They're accurate. He just He does a fantastic job. So definitely read those first or watch those first. Gen Zace uh, celebrating their official first anniversary, the month of, let's see, it kind of at the end of September. So they've got a whole bunch of promotions going on. So check out all the Gen Zace distributors, hobby parts or whatever. They've been having sales. I mean, geez, I'm getting emails. I know everybody else was, somebody made a comment to me. They're like, holy cow, I swear, like every week, an, a, there's another batch of five or six batteries that are going on sale. And the prices are just, I mean, they're ridiculous. I'm, I'm actually going through and like replacing all of my, even my little smaller goofball batteries, like receiver packs and starter batteries and all that kind of stuff. Because, I mean, you can't beat it. They got good quality. And now that they're putting them on sale, it's kind of a win-win. Let me ask you this. While we're talking yeah. about that a little bit, batteries, and you're going to change some out. What are you going to do with your Putaba 8FG battery? I don't know yet. That's on this weekend, if early next week's 
I, I'm going to do some research on that because I hate that freaking thing. Yeah, so let me I'm catch with you, uh, let me catch the listeners up to speed. What I'm talking about, guys, is uh, of course all three of us are flying the 8FG. Love it, and I learned more about it this past weekend. Thank you, Justin. You're welcome. I uh, every time I get a chance to learn what that radio can do, it just becomes better and better and better. However. We've all three, and I don't know, I never really heard Justin complain about this, but I know I have. I definitely heard Nick talking about it this past weekend. That little nickel metal hydride battery sucks. Yes, it does. Yeah, it really does. I like. I had mine half on because I, I flew at Othello. So it's not one of those sit down with the exception of my... Uh, First thing in the morning. First, first thing in the morning. <laughs> wow. Friday morning. The inaugural crash. Yes. The hi everyone. How's it going? Watch this. Hey, my name's Nick from Marseille Nation. Yeah, smash, smash. Uh, besides for that, I didn't do much wrenching the whole weekend, so I was just flying, 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 and it was a constant battle keeping that thing charged. Yeah, I got to the point, man, where I'd get done with a flight, I'd come back to the bench and plug, plug it, it back in because yeah. it yeah. was below eight volts after every flight. Yeah. I don't know, guys. My thought was to get another battery, just get another battery and just rotate them through. But even then, I've actually done a little bit of research and I'm kind of looking forward to, Nick, you doing some research. But I've heard and seen where people are just putting lipos right in there without any problems. You know, okay, so here's here's my... that's. Probably what I will do. However, coming being a, a DX7 user for many, many or for you know years, I've gone through lipos in those. I have a problem with leaving my transmitter on. Uh-huh. It's, it's just what I do, and I have completely destroyed two lipos. I mean, brought them all the way down to like. one volt per cell. <laughs> yeah, you you've got to be careful with that. And for sure. I'm. I have gambled and have gotten very, very lucky that I haven't had a a lipo fire, right? Or had it, you know, bust, leak, whatever in my radio. Yeah. I should have. I should have by all means. It's not safe. It's not cool. So if you're the kind of guy like me who leaves his radio on, then it's kind of a sketchy deal. Yeah, but- I don't. I don't typically do that, but I have done that. You know what I mean? It's I usually always check it, but there has been one or two times when I can remember I went to turn it on and it was completely dead because I left it off or left it yeah. on all night. Now at least at least the eight FG will beep. Yeah, and and that's not bad because usually for me it's on the sim. I'll go fly it for the sim downstairs and then I'll go to put it away. I'll switch models on it, put it back to whatever I know I'm going to fly the next day first, and then I'll set it down. I forget to leave it on. And I'll, I'll hear the beeping and get all pissed off and have to walk all the way downstairs and then down the basement stairs again and go turn it off. But the DX7 didn't do that, so I'd yeah. wake up in the morning to it. You know what would be a cool thing for that? Like a Bluetooth application that it would just communicate with your phone. Dude, you turn it on and off. You left me on, dude. Come turn Send me, you a turn text me message. Again. <laughs> you suck. So, yeah, I'll look into it a little more. If any of our listeners have had, you know, success or explored this out, you know, throw throw us some info on it. Put it up on the forum or throw us a note on the Facebook page. Shoot us an email, whatever you got. I, I honestly haven't put any time into it, but I'd be curious to see what people are doing. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, ooh, I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm excited. They put up 
the prices and are actually taking pre-orders for the NX4. Oh, here we go. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm I'm very excited. It's a little, it's a little steep. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. A little more than I would have hoped for, but you know, kind of expected, I guess. Well, okay. Um, what is it? You can get the kit uh, with mains and tails for four ninety nine, or just a basic kit for four forty nine. And that comes with the engine, right? With the OS 37? I'm guessing uh, not. No, it does not. Which I happen Ooh. to have one, by the way. Yeah. yeah, that is a little steep, man. It, it is a little steep. So those are the Gowie blades? Um, it just says carbon fiber made. Yeah, I've got a set of the Gowie blades. Didn't really care for them, to be honest with you. Yeah, I probably wouldn't run them anyway. So I just end up going with the basic kit, but... I don't know, man. I, I want that thing so stinking bad, but I've so been on that first run kit uh, deal. And I swear to God, I've yet to had, have a, like a positive experience. You don't like being a beta tester? No, I don't. <laughs> not all the time. Not all Part the time. Part of me does. Part of me does. Part yeah, of me just I was, loves I was just because I'm like, oh my God, I got the brand new. Oh, this is awesome. And then when I go out and fly it and yeah, fight with it. I was going like, to call you a lion bastard. No. I know much you, dude, I saw how much you guys like to tinker with your shit. Oh yeah. Well, it's, it's a, it's a love hate thing. I mean, really it comes down to being a glutton for punishment. You, you don't want to have to test out other people's stuff and figure out what the issues are, but you do. And yeah. you love complaining about it when you find something. Yes. Oh, yes, that is, that's very true. Mm-hmm. All right, so a couple more things here. Edge uh, just released their 105-millimeter lighted night lights tail blades. There's a picture of them up online, all spun up. Oh, my God, they look awesome. They do look sweet. They, they killed it. with the, And I've flown the night lights mains before, and... Um, I think they actually fly really well. They're quite proud of them. The tail blades included. Oh my God. With, with the way that I auto, it's just not an option. Absolutely not an option. They're 60 bucks for the tail blades. Wow. Yeah, that's. That probably wouldn't be a good option for the jackhammer over there either. Would it? (laughs) Now hold on. As hard as it lands, it never tags the tail. (laughs) Justin, the jackhammer, Poochie. Jackhammer. Yeah, all right, and last one, of course, they just couldn't leave well enough alone. The guys at Heligraphics are now cruising around with some Russian tanks. What? Flying a couple 500s off the nose and just landing and doing all these little miniature skid bumps on the tanks while they're driving that. I don't know. Dude, it's awesome. It's a three-minute video. I'm watching this thing, and I'm thinking, they're, I mean, they're not doing anything, Dan, if you go and watch it. And yet, halfway through the video, I'm absolutely captivated and, and laughing like crazy. <laughs> it's just these, like, four or five guys driving Russian tanks through the woods, and yeah. it's got some cheesy music in the background, and they're trying to land 500s on the back of a tank. I like, I like the tanks driving around in the woods part. That sounds like fun. Yeah, it's just, it's it's almost so dumb it's funny. That's what it is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't know. But hey, it, every, somebody's got to do it. So I'm glad they're having fun. 
because it's not going to be me. <laughs> That's it. That's what we got. That's the news, guys. This week's news has been brought to you by HeliDaily.com, your daily RC helicopter news magazine. This is JC's Ankle, Team Empire, and you're listening to RC Heli Nation. So, guys, the flying season has come. For those of us up here, pretty much gone. Fun flies going quickly. Going quickly, yeah. It, uh, it's a little sad, I'm not going to lie. I just hate the fact. I hate thinking that winter is right around the corner. It just really, really drives me crazy. But what can you do? You know, that's, that's, that's what happens when you live up in this neck of the woods. So we're going to kind of talk a little bit about the season, the fun flies we went to, the cool things that we saw and the people that we met. And I got to tell you, um, for me, the fun fly that really stuck out was, the first Othello. Yeah. That was such a good time. And there were so many people there and so yeah, many was. amazing pilots. You guys remember from that fun fly in May? Well, uh, Nick probably does. When angry Timmy decided to put his little signature in the already short grass. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And uh, whistling ears. Awesome maneuver to keep the helicopter out of the pits. You remember that? Yeah. Just some really cool stuff. And what was going on there, guys, just so for those of you who don't remember, is he was ran into, I don't remember, his his tail or something hit the ground, didn't it, Nick? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, he was flying hard and low, Kenny style. And uh, the helicopter just kind of bounced towards the pits, and he just did whatever he had to do and dropped it out kind of right beside of him, beside himself, but nonetheless. He drove it in hard. He did. <laughs> he, he, he did what he had to do to keep it from going in to people. Yep. Which is good for him. Too. What what fun fly for you really sticks out? Obviously, I know what you're going to say. It's the one I wasn't at, probably. Yeah, it was. <laughs> it's just it's just crazy. I mean, although I got to tell you, the um, when me and Phil and I think Jesse had a light when we were all spotlight flying uh, whistling ears at the first Othello, like being in charge of a spotlight, standing right next to him. Ooh. Intense. You are. A I mean, man. intense. It, it's it's kind of that. It, it's so scary that you want to quit, but then you know that you're endangering yourself even more if you do quit <laughs> by walking away. With yeah. The so it's kind of like you're you're shining the light for your life, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and you just you know it's. I know. I, I mean, I can imagine it's a lot. It's a lot better when you have. Oddly enough, the person in charge of a spotlight should be a very capable 3D pilot himself. It's weird. You wouldn't think, okay, just the light. But you know maneuvers. You know directions that are possible from each orientation. So it's just a lot safer that way. Right. Um, But that was, man, that was probably, that was one of the cooler things that I saw. Although at Snohomish, watching the A-Main guys at night, when they had, you know, three of them going, five of them going at the same time. That was just, that was intense. Those guys fly, all of them fly so hard and so fast. That was pretty sweet. Yeah. Next year, boys, next year I plan on making that one. Yeah? 
You yeah. should. I mean, I'm winning yeah, the auto gotta. contest next year. <laughs> I've I've actually finally the competitiveness in me has come out this last week. I yeah. think after yeah, after being over at Othello watching Jesse fly, it's like, God man, here I am. I mean, I'm just wrenching all the time on stuff. You know, we've got all the reviews going on, constantly working on other people's helis, and I, I kind of feel like it's wrapping all up. You know, the goblin's gone. Um, I've got this AP heli here that I'm just finishing up. Uh, it's almost done. Uh, the, the 540 review is done. I, I mean, I just kind of feel like it gave me a lot of re- just rejuvenated want to be a better pilot. Yeah. I mean, out there screwing around, I, I guess I had kind of just gave succumbed to the fact that, uh, okay, well, you know, it's just, it is what it is. You know, you want to be better, but you know, let's face it, you're 33. You're only going to get so good. <laughs> but then go, going out there and shooting autos and having fun, I was like, hey, wait a minute. I think I still got a little bit more. I think so. I, dude, this year for me, you know, I started off, you know, I kind of started making some breakthroughs towards the end of last summer. Kind of kept my chops up i guess you would say by flying the mcpx in the gym and i we all know how that went i hated it hated everything about it but it helped this year has been a banner year and uh you got to experience that a little bit nick um oh man yeah just the change in in how i've been flying it's just i honestly think that i owe that to these fun flies that i've been to you know the todd bennett class down in gillette those you know we had a lot of fun down there uh, of course, the Heli Pros. Although this year was a little bit, I guess, not as good as the year prior. Still a fun event, and of course, we wrapped it all up in Othello. You know, I, I said a few shows ago, I don't really consider myself a fun fly flyer, but I did fly quite a bit at this fun fly. Yes, you, you did, did, man. And um, the difference was just it. I, I don't know, man. You progressed like intense, like fierce from. The first Othello to the second. It was yeah. like a completely different person. Completely different person. And, and see, and that's actually the first time I'd seen you fly, and I saw a ton of confidence. I mean, I didn't get to see the transformation, but I watched you fly, and it was like, dude, he's in control. He knows what he's doing. He's throwing this thing around a little. And, you know, the thing of it is, is and that's kind of what it boils down to, is just the confidence. And um, I don't know, Nick, you probably remember at the first Othello we did a little bit of buddy boxing. It was, <laughs> I mean, all completely upright, all turning one direction, not even really doing any turns, just taking it to one side of the field and flipping the tail around and bringing it to the next. Mm-hmm. I just, um, I, I think, and this is something that I really would encourage all of you guys out there who are fairly new. You're going to a fun fly. You're nervous to fly. Believe me, I understand that. I get that. But, you know, you get out there, there's nobody judging what you're doing. The only way you're going to get, and I'm still not there. I mean, I still get nervous, and I think we all do, you know. Oh, yeah. But you just get to the point where you don't even think about it, and you just kind of do it. And there, you know, having people stand next to you and kind of walking you through different maneuvers, telling you what maybe you should try a little bit differently, that's that's really going to help your flying. So when you oh. go to a fun fly, at least make an attempt to fly. Go to the far end of the field. 
whatever you have to do. Grab somebody that, that uh, you watched fly that you think is a good flyer and someone that you know is going to be a little patient with you and have them come along with you. Have them spot for you. It'll help. It'll help yeah. in a big way. And it's, even if they don't say anything, see, I, I agree completely with what you're saying, Dan. Even if they don't say anything and they're just kind of hanging out next to you, I feel like that allows you to, you, you know, you kind of shut everything out and it's you and that person and you're not worried about what everyone behind you is thinking or, you know, while they're watching you flying. Yeah. Uh, it, it makes a big difference. I think it's it's odd, but I fly almost better when I have someone next to me because I I can almost... I mean, it's not like I'm laughing and joking. I'm, you know, I am paying attention to when I'm flying, but to hear someone next to you, oh yeah, nice, good, clean, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, making those just those little confidence booster things. That's actually what kind of really gets me in the zone, and then it it makes me forget that I'm at a fun fly. Yeah. And don't think yep. it doesn't matter if you are out there hovering. I can say this over and over again, and I know that the people who are in that spot, light sport flight, like Dan was, you know, when you got there at the beginning, I can assure you, Dan, that when you went out and flew, how nervous you were that first time, I could match that and how nervous I was. So don't ever think, even if you're just hovering, that because someone can fly better, they're still human, they're still nervous. It just doesn't matter. Once you kind of really get a grasp on that, it's like, oh, okay, well, if we're all here nervous together, then nobody's going to judge, you know, and nobody's ever going to judge you. I'm not going to say go right out center stage and hover a tank out because you might not make, you know, a whole (laughs) bunch of friends, (laughs) you know, but there's pick that flying station out there that you feel the most comfortable with. Usually it's on the end a little bit, so you can kind of turn it a 45 degree and get away from everyone else flying. Bring a spotter out there, someone that you feel comfortable with, and just fly. That's like the best thing that you can do is to get over that, that oh my gosh, I'm flying at a fun fly, you know, that, that barrier. Yep. Once you get past that, then it truly turns fun. Absolutely. And it really is. I really had a good time. This, this, and uh, we're going to get into a little bit of the specifics of that in a little bit. But we're going to talk a little bit, continue kind of talking about, you know, this past fun fly season. And and there's one other cool thing that I saw that I just I think uh, if I didn't mention, I'd kick myself. Well, I didn't really see it. I mostly heard it. I saw a little bit of the aftermath. And that was when <laughs> Mike Fortin decided to blow his helicopter up over there at Heli Pros. Holy cow. <laughs> it was like a shotgun went off. I was actually flying my 700. Nick and I, it was like one tank into a new break-in. So I was pretty focused on that. And bam, this thing blew up. And then I saw the blade just kind of fluttering. Well, I saw the helicopter drop and then the blade fluttering down to the ground after that. Oh, man. That was something else. That was quite a crash. I'm not going to lie. That was intent uh whistling ears at snohomish was huge that was equally if not louder wow when he went got back up and got behind the lights that was scary man man you and i were standing like 10 feet away from that yeah Yeah. and also let me just clarify 
for those of you, uh, whistling ears, that's an affectionate <laughs> term we have. Oh, yeah. Kenny. Kenny McDonald. Kenny McDonald. Yeah. That's incredible an incredible pilot. Yeah, that's an affectionate kind of term we have for Kenny McDonald. Uh, cr- crazy good pilot. High Man. energy, I guess, maybe oh. is the best way to put it. Oh, yeah. No, he goes out there every time. It, you'd swear that every flight is 100%. Yep. He, and he's so off the hook on maneuvers, man. It is crazy. And yeah. his helicopter like is crying when he lands. <laughs> it is every single flight. It's like, God, made it through one more. Oh, shit. <laughs> it says goodbye to all of its parts in the bin before it goes by. Goes, yeah, goes it's, to fly. it's pretty tough when, you know, when you've watched a lot of heli flights, you've been around good pilots and you're getting into the more you know, the harder 3D maneuvers, when you can sit there and stand next to someone and watch them fly and actually stop and go, wait a minute, what did he just do? I saw something cool. I don't know what it was. That's impressive. Yeah. And you know one thing, and it's not, maybe it's just because I haven't, I don't really like to watch a lot of 3D videos. I'm not going to lie. But one thing that he was doing he was doing like these pyro flips and then these little like he made his kind of his, his heli look like a little dog, you know, just kind of like wagging its tail at you oh, as he was going yeah. through these maneuvers just constantly. The yeah. reversals yeah, are just he's got a crazy, wag. man. He, he can do the Jamie Robertson tail wag thing, except he can do it while pyro flipping and then he can do it reversing, which is just I mean, that's that's at a whole whole nother level his reversals are so fast we were sitting there at Snohomish watching him fly and, and we had like three of us standing there and it was like okay we're gonna see if we can all call him all when we see him and and he does this transition from super fast like double barrel flip he'll throw a reversal in it and then you hear everyone you know all three of us are like there's one Okay, so we caught that one, and then he'll snap it back and do like two really quick reversals, then go into a pyro wobble, and then he'll reverse in the pyro wobble, and you're like, whoa, whoa, wait, okay, no. And then all of a sudden, he's pyro flipping again, and you're going, God, I didn't even see the switch. Okay, I give up. I got to start all over. Yeah, and we end up asking each other, dude, did he just do a reversal there? I'm not sure. I can't even tell. (laughs) That's just crazy. That is nuts. So let's talk a little bit about Last weekend, uh, we kind of gave you guys a little bit of a teaser at the beginning of the show. I yeah. gotta tell you, I think I saw three of the most drunkest individuals <laughs> that I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> yeah, one of them happens to be with us tonight. Who me? Yeah, that would be yeah. you. But let me tell you something. You did it. You did it kind of right because you really, you didn't really. <laughs> Give yourself enough time to make an ass out of yourself. So let me <laughs> let me give you an example. Let me give you let me tell you what I'm thinking here. So we're recording the show, and of course, as you guys remember from last week, there were bottles and bottles just flowing oh around the circle. God. The, people have a very bad impression of us from these episodes. Yeah, it was that we rough, do. man. Well, so here we are. We're talking, and you know, every every you know, actually, I thought Jesse was. You know, they tell me he was kind of nodding off during the recording. I didn't notice. He actually semi passed out. <laughs> yeah, he almost passed out in his little reclining lawn chair. So the the recording. On. here's yeah. the deal. Here's the deal. So we get done and we start breaking up the equipment, putting things away. And I notice uh, 
Justin's kind of leaning up against his table and he's quiet all of a sudden, not saying anything. So he went from completely lucid, you know, having a good time to not saying anything. 15 minutes later, he's in bed. Yeah, there's okay. You got to back up a little bit because he was like, I I remember I'm helping you. Um, We were really, I think the almost the only two in the area (laughs) that were coherent. (laughs) I learned from last May. Yeah, we're we're packing up, and Justin's in the Jesse is off running around in circles uh, on in the field, rolling on the grass, <laughs> screaming for his brother. Where's my brother? Where's my brother? <laughs> awesome. He was, I mean, done. Just just you know, giddy, run around, fall, smash his face into the ground, laugh, get up, do it again. He was out doing that, and Justin is like. A drunken pinball. Yeah. In like, between the little table area where yeah. we're getting packed up and he's just bouncing like from table to table, laughing, having a good time. And then it got quiet. Yeah. <laughs> and let me Dude, tell you something I'll, else. I'll tell you, I <laughs> it happened so quick. It did. It blew my mind. I remember the entire show. I remember the entire show, just like you said, Dan, we did the full recording. I even remember standing up after the recording and saying, Jesse, you passed out during recording, dude. You need to stop drinking. (laughs) (laughs) So let me, let's fast forward a few minutes. This is after, this is after uh, Justin is kind of leaning up on the tail. He's kind of quit bouncing around at this point. And Nick and I continue to, to wind up chords and, and there were, there were a bunch of us doing it. We were winding stuff up, getting things put away. And I can't help but notice that uh, Justin must be getting hot because he's now sprawled out on the grass trying to, I guess, cool down on the nice cool grass. <laughs> and, and we get out there and they get him up. They stand him up and they're talking to him and they're kind of holding him up. Dieter's kind of holding him up and, and they're, they're kind of, they're talking to Justin, but he's not really responding. And he just had this, this look of all hope is gone. <laughs> <laughs> and defeated not really responding but just when someone would say something <laughs> you know just kind of yeah agreeing with her whatever you know could have said whatever you're a jackass uh-huh uh-huh you know <laughs> and then literally it was just a few minutes later he's in bed and nick please tell us the story i okay so <laughs> all of a sudden i'm like where where is justin and, and Dieter was still gone at this point. Someone's like, oh, and everybody's laughing. I'm like, okay, what's so funny? They're like, oh, well, Dieter walked him in and, and put him to bed. And apparently, I know that, yes, it was on accident. It was a stumble, and uh, I'm grabbing for anything before I hit the ground. But I think he grabbed some ass. He got some Dieter ass. He got a big handful <laughs> of Dieter what ass I was told. on the way down. <laughs> and, oh, man. So I walk into my trailer and Justin is in the, I've got like bunk beds in the back and you know, these little cubby bunk beds and Justin's in there. Okay. So one arm is just straight down at his side. He's still in his jeans and his shirt. One arm is like straight up bent at the elbow with almost kind of like this claw type finger shape that he's got going on. And I stick my head around the corner just to make sure at this point he's still breathing. (laughs) And he's like licking the air like a lizard. (laughs) 
completely passed out. I was like, oh my God, this is the most awesome thing I've ever seen. So I walked and you back didn't outside. take a picture, dude. dude. I told him to get video. Uh, we were all laughing and everything. And, and, and then, you know, I walk back in. He's sitting there. He takes a big old lick out of the air and then his eyes just go wide open. And he looks straight at me. And I was like, I was, it startled me. I was a little caught off guard. I was like, whoa. I was waiting for like his head to spin around and green shit to come out. <laughs> like the exorcist. <laughs> yeah. And he just looks, gives me this straight look and he's like, not good, dude. And then, <laughs> and then it passes back out. <laughs> that was it. Nothing. Ugh. And then, it's okay. And then started the most intense, like, I just can't even describe the snoring. It could come out of one individual. <laughs> See, now, now this is interesting, dude, because I don't usually snore. Oh. And, and you, all three of you, Jesse, Jesse's brother, BJ, and you the next morning, they, so that I wake up, I roll out of bed, and everyone's waking up with me, and all of a sudden, I just hear laughter. Like Nick's <laughs> cracking up in his bed, Jesse's on the bunk above me, he's laughing, BJ's laughing his ass off. I'm like, dude, what's going on? I, I don't get it. And Jesse's like, dude, I didn't think I was going to get to sleep. You snored louder than I've ever heard anyone in my entire life. Oh, my gosh. And Justin's like, oh, my God, what the hell? My throat hurts so freaking bad. Dude, it, it was bad. It was so bad. Then we have to, Dan, I'll, I'll let you, because now, okay, so yeah, we, he, he hopped right up in the morning. Yeah. Yeah, let's good to Chipper. go. Chipper. Hauling stuff out. He's like, huh, you know, almost a little bit of a, a strut. Like, dude, I feel fantastic. Feel mm -hmm. great. Yeah. We get all set up and he's just kind of sitting there in the chair and then it hit. Yeah. It did. And I actually have a picture of him sitting in the chair, kind of resting in his lap, one elbow on his knee arm to the forehead and just looking like it went all downhill. Well, all now downhill. hold on. Let's, let's be clear here. When I first woke up and I was chipper, I'm standing under Dan's tent and I'm drinking water bottles like crazy. Cause I know what's about to happen, right? I'm eating <laughs> bread. I had like three or four pieces of bread thinking that'll soak it up a little bit. I'll sober up. No problem. And then I start feeling crappy. I go back in and lay down. Now, I don't know how long I fell back asleep for. I think I got up around 11 or noon. That's when it started getting bad. Yeah. Then I heard oh, you slept yeah. all the way home. Most of the way home. Yeah. 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 Nick and I talked a little bit, but not much. So that was the fun we had. And let me, there's a couple other little stories I'm going to relate to you, but, uh, I just want to mention that, um, I did good this time. I didn't let the apple juice <laughs> overwhelm me. And, it takes uh, a victim every year. It does. So I don't, well, I'm, the next two people, I'm not going to mention any names because I just don't want to do that because maybe they don't want their name mentioned. But when you have to walk out to the field in the morning and look at everybody and say, I don't know who I need to be thanking. But whoever got me to my RV last night, thanks. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. I know what you're talking about. Yep. And I'll uh, just, I will give a big, you're welcome to yep. that individual. Yeah. 
And again, guys, I, I don't want to mention names because that's just not cool. I mean, I don't know if they want one to broadcast who they were. And if you wanted to find out, I guess you should have had your lily ass at the Yellowthello Funfly. That's right. So the next one, we get everything set up or, you know, taken apart. And uh, if you've been to the Othello field, there's kind of this uh, building that's got a, I don't know, an overhang, like a porch. You know, it's a it's cement a shop. floor. Yeah, it's a shop with a just a little, yeah. kind of like a front porch on it. Yeah. And so we go back just to kind of scout things out, see if we hadn't left anything. And this individual, super nice guy. Oh, my gosh. He uh, related to me, says, you know, I don't usually, and I, <laughs> Jesse, I took Jesse's fifth of, uh, <laughs> he's still talking about it, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so anyway, I took Jesse's. I had a whole fifth. I know. I took, I said to those guys, because I figured Justin wasn't going to drink anymore, and I know there was two bottles of liquor in that cat, in the Nick's trailer. I said, give me one of those bottles. I'm going to go drink some. And I took the bottle over there and sat it down and grabbed a cup. And and uh, this individual says, you know, I don't usually drink liquor, but I'll have, I'll have a little hit. So he takes a little sip. <laughs> bottle works its way around to him he takes another little sip and he just continues as the bottle makes its way around he goes from a sip to a nice hit to a couple more just shot size <laughs> and then the, the bottle stopped at that person oh, and then it just bottoms up it went is like uh you know what this is water that's it's it's water <laughs> to me at this point and um he had such a good time, and I don't ever fault anybody. When when you go to a fun fly or you're going to some kind of event like that, you know what? If you're going to just cut loose, just cut loose. And he did, and he was having, and he got to the point where, Dan, you're a nice guy. <laughs> and then it went to, then it went to, eh, eh. <laughs> and then, anyway, as the night progressed, it took some coaxing to get him into his trailer. And uh, to all of you, all of you guys that went and had a good time, awesome. And to all of you who didn't go, shame on you. You should have been there. We had a great time. It was an awesome fun fly. It was a blast. Absolutely. Really looking forward to doing it again next year. And I'm going to be the first one to hand Justin a big old glass of whiskey. No, no. See, I learned <laughs> what you learned in May, man. It was the apple cider. I think that stuff. I think it's Nick's turn next year. It no, is. I think I, it is. <laughs> no. I really do. That, you know, here's that the deal. I don't. Goes I don't. So smooth. It's I ridiculous. I don't think Nick likes to let. I don't think he likes to let loose of the control. No. Okay. No. But did you notice? Like I sat there with the whole show. I didn't even pass my bottle around. Did oh, you yeah. really? Well, you went through, okay, You so Nick, picture this. Nick sitting there next to Dan. He's got a one-liter plastic bottle of, <laughs> what was it, Captain Morgan's, Nick? Captain Morgan, yeah. When you started the show, that thing was, I don't know, like, what, three-quarters full? You'd taken a little bit from the night before, but nothing major. Yeah. I wake up the next morning. You're, I wake up to you making coffee. You slam that thing down on the counter, and there's like three shots left in it. Yep. Dude. And who else drank from it? Not Anyone? a single person. Listen to this though, guys. As I remember, there were two empty bottles of crown Royal. There were, there was an empty fifth of captain Morgan's an empty bottle of vodka 
and about five cases of beer. <laughs> yep. It was quite a night. Quite a night. Yeah. So moving on from that, as you guys know, we all we also, you know, we didn't spend our whole fun fly season in Othello. We seem to be talking about it quite a bit, but it was so much fun. But we're going to go ahead and talk a little bit about the Helipro's fun fly, because I did have a good time there. It was a heck of a drive for Nick. There's no no question. Yeah. Uh, to be honest, for me, it's it's sixes either way by fifty miles. So it's you know Helipros or Othello, about the same distance either way. Mm-hmm. So what was your uh, what was your impression, Nick, of the Helipros Fun Fly? It was a lot of fun. My my very first impression was, oh my god, where is everyone? I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. I, I'm I'm not used to that. I'm used to, uh, like Snohomish, you know, the fun fly starts on, technically starts on Friday and on, it's three quarters full on Wednesday when you get there. Yeah. Um, and then even Othello too, when I got over there Thursday night, there was quite a bit of people over there Thursday night and, and they just do it very differently over there in Montana. I guess it's because it gets so freaking hot. That everyone just stays at home until the day of the fun fly. And then everyone came out on Saturday and then they were gone. Like no one really stayed there up late either. Yeah. It really was different, Nick. I got to tell you that the year prior was, was really quite different. And I don't know, I don't know if the ban on nitros past 1 p.m. had a lot to do with that. I would have to think it did, but it's really hard to say. But I can tell you, well, I'm not going to lie. Part of the reason there wasn't as big as draws, there weren't as many big names at this one as there was the year prior. Yeah, but that we, does. That, that The year before, man, we were, man, I was up till four o'clock just drunk. I mean, we were having a great time. The whole crowd, that was a little bit different. But you know, one thing I really, really, really liked about that fun fly was doing the live recording there. And I'm going to yeah. tell you, that is starting to become probably my most favorite aspect of going to a fun fly recording in that miniature aircraft shop with Kurt and the boys really was a fun thing to do. That's like my, my favorite memory about heli pros was just, I mean, those people are just awesome people. Yeah. You know, Chris and Kurt and, and Mandy, they all made you feel like you showed up and you instantly felt like you knew them all for a long time, you know? And then on the other side of it, it's very apparent that they live in Montana and they don't get out much (laughs) because they've got, they just have this complete and total lack of, they just have no egos there. And they really are kind of like an equal opportunity. We're all here to have fun. Yep. And, And that is cool. I mean, that is really, really cool. And it shows when you go there. There's just a very kind of homey atmosphere and everyone's real casual. And it's like you're sitting here going, oh, my God. I'm, I mean, I'm standing just next to walls of whiplash parts and, you know, CNC machines. And everyone's just like, oh, yeah, well, you know, we're just out here doing our thing. Do, do, do. Yeah. It, it was a fun. It was a great time. And it's just like, it's like, you know, the Gillette guys too. That fun fly was a lot like that. Small, it was, well, I guess 25 people. That's a small fun fly. Oh, yeah. But, you know, we had a really good time. Of course, Todd Bennett was there. That really was fun. I actually am going to take Todd's class again next year, probably at Snohomish. 
Sweet. Uh, just because, man, I just learned so much. You know, and I've said it before, and since I'm talking about it now, I'm going to say it again. It's going to be short and sweet, though. The one thing I learned from Todd Bennett was how to not be a nervous fire. And I think it yeah. shows. I think it shows. It did. That That was what unlocked your progression for the whole rest of the summer yeah. was that class. And even if you didn't, even if you walked away from that class and didn't learn one single quote unquote trick, you learned how to fly with confidence. Absolutely. And, and you, you almost just in this hobby, I don't think that you can put a price on that. No, I really don't. It's probably the best money I've ever spent on this hobby. Other than, the, you know, being in the hobby itself, of course. <laughs> yeah. All righty, guys. Well, you know, we had a great year this year. We're looking to do it again next year. We're already looking forward to it. We're going to try to um, develop kind of a, you know, a, a different kind of format uh, for the live shows, kind of a little more interactive, probably posting shows 15 minutes here and there, just so those of you who can't make it can kind of get a feel for what's going on. And again, these are just ideas. I don't, is it going to happen? It's hard to say because frankly, getting to these shows is quite an undertaking. Yeah. And that's all there is to, especially when you live out in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, yeah. I'm, that is I'm so far away from any fun fly to get to one. Somewhere on the other side of town lies a helicopter, broken, bent, and clinging to life. How it got there is a mystery. Was it a lockout or just dumb thumbs? One thing we do know, though, is the only chance it has for the right parts to bring it back to life? Helipros.com Hi, this is Dieter, also known as RCD Butts, and this is your 60-second tech tip. Today's subject is tips for micro-helis. Most micros have small black plastic parts and links that will tend to pop off in a crash and become very difficult to find. If you coat these parts with some fluorescent lacquer paint on the areas that are not contacting or rubbing against other plastic parts, it will help your chances of finding these parts if they pop off in a crash. This tip can also apply to carbon fiber linkage rods on larger helis. Some small helis may have some breaks on plastic parts due to a crash or a hard landing. Sometimes heat shrink is a great way to keep those parts connected. Or another method is to wrap the cracked or broken plastic pieces with sewing thread and then soak it in CA glue. After the glue dries, it should maintain a solid connection. Be sure not to get any CA on critical parts that are moving. Most of the micros on the market today will have at least a fixed pitch tail. Some with fixed pitch main blades as well. These plastic fixed pitch blades may flatten out a little bit requiring the motor to work harder. It's a good idea to periodically bend the fixed pitch blades back, especially on the tail blades, which can add more tail authority. All you have to do is bend it a little bit to increase the pitch, and it should make a world of a difference for you. This has been your RC Heli Nation 60 Second Tech Tip. So we're going to shift gears a little bit. We've been talking about fun flies for a while. We're going to talk about, of course, we mentioned it uh a while ago, Nick talked about it a little bit last week. Nick's been doing a review 
on a Skookum 540. And I do believe he's about ready to talk about that. Are you, Nick? I am. It is It is official. I have sealed the envelope on the 540. Awesome. Yeah. Um, so I got, for those of you who haven't kept up, um, been putting a bunch of pictures up on Facebook. Um, I got two units. Uh, one went on uh, 700E. One went on a 700 Nitro. Um, I went, I tried to take a very, I've been flying beast decks for like the last year, which uh, I'm not going to lie, was kind of hard because you really get caught up in, you know, the way, well, this unit tunes this way. So I, I really tried to do my best and, and just starting from basic, I did zero research. I did no other reading. I did no forum reading. I didn't do anything. I just Took them right out of the box and went, okay, I'm a noob. Let's go for it. Um, I did have a little, uh, I did, I'm not going to lie, I did have a little bit of help. So what I did is I, I went into the basic software. And we talked about this on a previous episode. Like VBAR has their ex- express software. Um, Skookum has a basic one with wizards. And they have a wizard for the, for the tail, for the cyclic, the transmitter, your control section. Um, they've got one for the governor and they really do. I mean, they, they nailed it. They did a great job. It completely walks you through each individual section. You can't click on anything else other than, you know, what it's telling you to do. And it walks you through. I haven't hooked anything up. I don't really know where to go to. Okay. Now you're ready to go test over it. And that was cool. I went through that because I'd never even seen this thing before. So I did that with both helis. Um, I even went back after I tuned them, got them flying good, just to make sure that I, I was realistic. I went back and reset them up with the, uh, with the basic settings in the basic software through the wizards to see how they flew. And I'm really impressed. That's, that's something that I think a lot of companies struggle with is to get those basic settings very close right off the bat. I mean, you can have the best fly bar list. And again, I hate using that word best, but you can have a very, very capable fly bar list system. But if you get those default settings aren't anywhere close right off the bat, it can be such a negative experience for the user that it, it taints your view of the whole rest uh, of the unit. Absolutely. Especially if, uh, if you're not experienced in tuning the systems, Nick, I mean, if if you've been through a couple of, fly barless systems, then it probably won't trip you up too badly. But a new person, man, you got to nail those defaults. Yeah. So I, I just went with all the defaults in the software and it was very uneventful. I had my head gain a little bit high on one, which gave me just a little teeny bit of a shake and a hover, dropped it back down, um, readjusted it. They do. I went through all of this um, with, uh, with the PC software. They do have the LCD screen. I will probably go ahead and get that just because that would make things way easier. Uh, one thing I'd, I like is that you can actually modify the stuff without having the heli turned on. You can just plug it straight in, which is really cool. And so I was actually just setting it down right there in front of me, walking over, grabbing the heli, and just had my computer right there, plugging it in without turning anything off or what plugging it in, making a quick little change, throwing it back up. So it went very easy. The software is very intuitive. There's nothing, especially in the basic section of it, 
which it's the same outline in the software. It just pulls out some of the parameters, the fine tuning stuff. Um, so that was, it was great. I didn't have any issues. They both flew. Um, I'll call it acceptable right off the bat. No different. I would say that within that software, um, from Maiden to pretty much about maximum performance for that software, I was looking at about probably seven, eight flights to get all that tuned in. So really not that bad. A lot better than I had expected. Um, I had, I've gotten to the point where with BeastX, I can get it all nailed in within two to three. But again, that's because I've been flying it for a long time. Right. It took me a, right about 10 flights the first time around to get all that tweaked. So mm-hmm. um, I think it's, it's very on par with that. From there, I went, that's when I opened up the advanced parameters. And then it was like geek central, man. <laughs> I mean, they laid everything out very clearly, like, uh, you know, P gain, I gain uh, for like the PID controllers on the tail and on the cyclic. They've got a little bit different naming as far as bell gains, Hiller decay. But it's kind of cool because the software has a little, it's got like that pop-up feature. So you just, you hover over the parameter and a little thing will pop up and give you a quick little description of what it is and kind of like what to look for. Um, They do have an auto-tune on the bell gains, which is kind of like the P gain on the cyclic. So you just go out there, you turn that on, fly it, do your normal thing for three flights, come back, uncheck it, and it kind of automatically tunes those. Past that, I only messed with the Hiller Decay to lock it in just a little bit more. And then I didn't mess with anything else, which was really nice. It, there was a lot more options in there, but I didn't have to. And that's something I want people to understand. Just because there is, there is all of those options. You don't have to mess with them. Just mess with it, get it to, get it to where it flies the way you want it, and then don't mess with anything else. Biggest thing I noticed right off the bat was the tail. I mean, holy cow. <laughs> I knew that the Beast X had an acceptable tail. I knew that it had some pure inconsistency issues because for me, that was kind of like my big progression for this year was pirouetting circuits, working on pure loops, pure flips. And, and you can feel it when you start rolling in the collective and pirouetting, you can actually see the tail be inconsistent. I had no idea that uh, how much I was actually missing until I started flying this. It is so consistent and so linear. It's incredible. I mean, awesome. And you can tune out. I mean, I've got it dead solid with my, with my nitro, which I'm running like no pre-comp on the tail, none whatsoever. And it, it holds like a rock bounce over to the, uh, to the electric and I'm running 25. So I've got the pre-comp cranked up tail holds like a rock. I love it. There's every little thing that you want as far as accelerations, individual stop gains left and right, the whole deal for the tail to make it fly exactly precisely the way that you want it to fly. And that was kind of my big impression from the unit was, okay, it's going to fly good at all of this, but there's a lot of room for adjustability that I didn't really realize that I had missed with the B-Stex. With the B-Stex, to get it to where you can kind of really hammer on it hard and you're not going to get bobbles or wobbles, it's almost going to fly a certain way. Now, again, I've been flying it for so long and it kind of worked out that that, it, that was really acceptable for the way that I liked it. And then I got used to it. 
But this, it's kind of like, oh, geez, I'm, I'm getting, I'm tweaking stuff up just a little bit more. I'm cranking it up, getting a little bit more acceleration on the cyclic, a little more pop to it, and yet still able to keep it from bobbling. And I, I just, I like that. I like that I, I can completely change it, mold it the way that I want to, but I don't have to. So uh, the conclusion, now I do want to say that it's not all, um, I found, I found one glitch. This is one that is uh, important to me. I have been in contact with Skookum. They are aware of it. Um, it's, you know, they're in the middle of releasing the GPS unit. They've got the 720 black line coming out. For I, I chose a, a hobby wing ESC with a hobby wing sensor, but it, it seems to be just kind of a generic little governor glitch that they have. The bailout is not, I'm used to like the castle bailout and the scorpion bailout on their ESCs, which are fantastic. I mean, they're just, they're awesome bailouts. They're smooth, they ramp up fast, but not too harsh, no nothing. This one has kind of a glitch in it. When you bail out of it, the head speed comes back up. So there's no risk of like, oh my gosh, it's not going to bail out or, or um, it's too slow to where I lose control of the heli. It does come back up, but it comes back up to kind of like a, almost like a three-quarter head speed, sits there for three or four seconds and then re-engages into the governor. So it's not seamless. Um, flyable, yes, but nonetheless... It is a glitch um, that they are going to fix. I did mess with the low, the low idle setting on the Nitro Governor to make the engagement when you start to spool it up and then it hands over control to the Governor to make that a little bit smoother. Again, it's kind of right all in the same parameters, but by all means workable. I really didn't have any crazy hard issues. I know that the people like talking about VBAR with the VBAR Gov have just had like nightmares getting it working and it randomly does weird things. And this was not like that. I mean, it definitely has a workable governor and it holds head speed incredible, like really, really well. So for the electric guys, that was, that was like a big, big thing for me that I wanted. I did not want that cra- crappy Castle 4.1 governor anymore. You know, and V-Bar was really the only other option. So here now, I just don't really see anything with the exception of like the live vibration analysis that the V-Bar has. I don't see any advantage. That, that was like number one question. Okay, is it better than V-Bar? I, I'm not, I can't tell you that it's better than V-Bar because I've, I haven't flown it back to back with V-Bar. What I can tell you, though, is that, in my opinion, it's on par. It's at least on par, and I don't think there's any other ones out there right now. Like, feature-wise, it's got a governor. It's got all the adjustability. You can fly it basic. flies great. You can go into the advanced stuff, make it even better. It flies just as good. It's, it's the only thing that can give V-Bar any competition, and it does it very, very well at a lot cheaper of a price. So I don't think they're going to be coming off. Yeah. Yeah, I just, I don't see the need. I might go ahead, you know, and throw V-Bar on there. We've got, um, I'm actually going to do um, Ken at Lower Heli there at Othello. Um, awesome. You know, he was the one over there for parts support. Mm-hmm. He was really curious about my thoughts on the 3GX. So I think I'm actually going to slap that. I've got a 450 here. 
that needs need some components. So that um, he said, well, hey, I'd love to know what you think about it. And I want to be open to everything. So I think I'm going to throw that on there um, and get that thing up flying and kind of get an idea how that feels. But in talking with the guys at Skookum and, and Alvin, the team manager, <laughs> these are the kind of people and the kind of company that's very open, open to ideas. They've got an exceptional unit. They just need a little bit. They, you know, they need some fine polishing in some of the areas. And I, for me, I really think that it's going to be worthwhile to, uh, to work with them and, you know, help them really take it to that, to that next level. So I think that's where I'm going to stay for a bit anyway. That sounds good. Let me ask you a few questions. Now, you kind of just went through kind of a long description of your thoughts. You know, I kind of consider myself, especially when it comes to these, and I know there's a lot of guys out there like me, I'm not much of a tinkery guy when it comes to these. I, I enjoy trying new things. But the one thought that kind of comes to mind, the question I have for you is, how is... I know you you came at it from the perspective of you didn't do any research, but I mean, let's face it, you've got you're built towards this stuff. I mean, you yeah, you know, you have a tendency to understand this stuff. What about those of us who maybe don't have that ability when it comes to this unit? Is it going to be a unit that I can buy as maybe my first fly barless unit? Is it is the setup going to be simple enough for me if I don't have resources? or maybe the knowledge base that you have when it comes to, to putting on a fly barless unit? Yeah, I actually thought... Now, okay, so I'm, again, I, I'm going to compare to BeastX because that's kind of like the, the newbie's fly barless system. Yeah. And, and the reason for that is because they nailed those default settings. They did. Like, if you, if you get through all the menus, it's going to fly 80% like on its first flight. So I actually, this is going to be quite the claim. I think it's... For someone who doesn't have the resource, who doesn't have that bag knowledge, I think it's actually easier to set up. Really? That is encouraging because I got to tell you, as a guy who tried V-Bar first and absolutely hated it because of its complexity, and granted this was uh, during the 4.0 days, the Beast X for me was like the answer uh, because once I understood how to get through the parameters, how to get through the settings. And the fact that I didn't have a lot of options, it really made it simple. I mean, and that's, yeah. And that's, what's cool about this. If you, if you go through the wizards, they don't, they don't allow you to screw it up because it, it's, that's where I think this actually has a, a big advantage over B. The big disadvantage is that you have to use a computer. I mean, unless you want to buy the field terminal, the little LCD deal. Right. But when you're sitting there in front of the computer and you go through the wizard, it's one question at a time, and, and it's pointing right at the box where you need to do it, and you know, and then it goes to the next step, and you even double check it with the next step, okay. which and that I think is an advantage over BeastX because BeastX you you go to one setting and then you have to read right through the little one page deal and they do have good pictures but this is like interactive it's, yeah, it's i'm not going to lie it's for, it's real time and it's for dummies there's little big red arrows that point at boxes <laughs> with a big circle around <laughs> yeah. them and it's like in this box 
you it's need a to true put, wizard. It's, I mean, it the really, setup it, wizard itself. Let me ask it, you. It actually walks you through it. You're saying. Let me ask you this: Does the unit come with Shugu? Oh, we're gonna get. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna get. To, I'm not. I'm not letting that one go. But no, and you know, kind of wrapping it up. The awesome part about this is that you have you have all of the pieces for a new person to put this on. It's got the wizard for it, and it flies very acceptable with all the default settings right off the bat. That, to me, is important. So I do not think that it's intimidating for anyone to do. The instructions are very clear, they're precise, and they even go through double-checking double checking steps. And then it, it tells you, okay, now go hover it. I mean, it exactly tells you what to do. The, the big advantage is once you, you can grow with this unit. Like when you buy it, I don't feel that you have to go buy it and then a year later you're going to be wanting to get something, quote, that is better. And because that's, you, that's rare in this hobby. Yeah, you don't pay any extra money. You don't do anything. You literally take your mouse, go up, click on advanced. There you go. And now you can start getting every last little, once you start flying harder, throwing it around, you go, oh, you know, I got a little bit of a tail bobble there. Okay, well. Now I'm going to go work on this and get it and get that out. And then by that time, you're familiar with the way the software works. You have, you've increased your skills as a pilot. So you can, you know, put a little more herd on the heli. Yeah. And here's so something I, else I really like about that Skookum unit. Cause I think you pretty much have me sold by the way, but I think one thing that's really nice on top of that ease of use and, and all this other stuff, the price point, is really good. It's really nice. It's it's I, not that much more than a Beast X. No, fifty. It's like fifty bucks more than a Beast X, and you get a governor. Which I mean, in the in the electric world, to me, is priceless yeah. because I love flying a Contron a Gov. I'm not gonna lie. It is like, ooh, yes, I love the way those suckers hold. But I refuse to pay five hundred and fifty dollars. Yeah. For an ESC, that's ridiculous. That I spent 115 bucks on this ESC. It came with the sensor. I put it on a 250 dollar fly barless unit, and it's rocking head speed and holding it fantastic. Oh yeah, I mean that's a win win deal for me. I like that. It is it's hard to beat. Yeah, and then you know my helis are so freaking clean. I love it. I mean, uh, there's just nothing else. I got no governors on there. I just have the one S bus receiver, and that's it. My receiver batteries. That's it. We're go- we're gonna rewind. So Dan, everyone. So so we're at the fun fly, right? And I was like, oh, dude. So I got this. Uh, d- I was talking about, you know, I think I'm gonna go ahead and uh, get like a switch glow or something for my 700 because I'm just I'm banging out flights left and right. You know, I got my starter with me. I'm always leaving my glow driver somewhere, uh, and I'm just past that point where it's like, ah, screw it, I'll just put one on. Well, then it dawned on me that because I'm running S-Bus with the little, is it the 6203, Justin? Yeah. Yeah, yep. 6203 SB receiver. Um, I can't, with with the Skookum, it's, I'm using the auxiliary channels on the Skookum to actually, one can adjust the head gain on the radio and one can adjust the tail gain, which, by the way, is awesome <laughs> that you can do 
in flight, especially with the 8FG. Oh. There's a cool little oh, combo. Yeah. I know Justin showed you, Dan. Oh, man. Awesome for the knobs in the top. I mean, I'm adjusting my tail knobs. Yeah, as I'm flying. It is freaking sweet. But because of that, it left me basically no channel that I could control a switch glow with. So Dan's like, oh, you know, hey, buddy. Yeah, I'll help you out, man. Why don't you just go up there off my vibe, grab the 6208, and we'll just swap it out. Not a problem. Love to help you out, right? So he hooks me up with a switch glow. And he's like, all you have to do is take it off. Oh, and I'm thinking, like, this is a win-win deal here, right? I mean, I- I'm score. Yeah. So I pull this, this, uh, and it just had to be the JR too, because that was like the icing on the cake. Oh, so yeah. I, I pull this off. And I see what, I mean, visually, it's hard to put into words. It, it actually looks like someone shat Shugu on the whole <laughs> front end of this helicopter. <laughs> like, I mean, I have never seen Shugu applied in that fashion like it was. So I'm looking at this and if. First, it was like, he's like, oh, you'll probably just want to grab a razor knife, you know, and just score it. It'll peel right off. I'm thinking, uh, or I don't know, maybe a jackhammer or something. A <laughs> cutting torch. <laughs> yeah, cutting torch. He had, it took me, and I'm trying not to damage it. So I spent about 15 minutes on each antenna wire <laughs> because he had him <laughs> shugooed to like the servos in this, in these crevices that you just can't get any sort of tool in and then he's just sitting there laughing watching me i'm like this is just fucking stupid i mean this is ridiculous i'm taking your chugo away forever and then he makes this comment oh just wait till you get to the s bus <laughs> oh, i'm like well what do you mean he goes well you know you just hey don't judge me after you have one s bus wire come out you'll do things a little different too i'm like well what do you mean do things a little different and here and i'm gonna quote this and i quote well i may have dipped the whole servo lead in shugu and then inserted it in the servo plug hole I may have done that. <laughs> yeah, well, guess what? He did. <laughs> that was... I have I a mean, reason for why I did that, though. I, dude, it was like nothing short of heart surgery to get that I, out of there. I mean, seriously, I, I sat there watching that. That was, that was the last day, and that was the night after we recorded. I mm-hmm. sobered up for like an hour and a half while Nick was chiseling on that thing. <laughs> Look, look, so, okay, first of all, I totally destroyed a 600 because an S-Bus cable came out. And secondly, if for those of you who use Futaba, you know, you don't think about shoe-gooing anything down until you make sure everything's plugged in right. Mm-hmm. And if you look at a Futaba receiver, especially that eight-channel one, the S-Bus is hidden really well. And it's damn near impossible to get any shugu on there. So I thought to myself, well, just pull it out, put some shugu on the end of the thing, and shove it back in there. <laughs> oh my god! You you weren't joking when you said shugu was one of your favorite tools a couple of episodes Dude, ago. Dude, I'm telling you, 
the 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 I guess the problematic nature of disassembling far supersedes the fact that you can fly with confidence that none of your shit's ever going to come unplugged. Okay, but that's, I mean, dude, <laughs> it's it just takes a little bit. Just, just, just a little more is not better oh, in this case. Dude, if, Dan, if a little's uh, good, more is better, isn't it? I'm no. glad you did it because I got to sit there and be entertained by Nick complaining yeah, and whining about this for I over could, an hour. I could, I could feel his blood pressure rising and I was six feet from him and I could see his temples. It was a 100% setup. Like I got suckered <laughs> like I've never gotten suckered before. I was watching his heartbeat in his temple. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was. that's the worst I've ever struggled to take anything Did you see apart. my 700? No. You commented You commented on how good, nice of a wiring job Oh, yeah, I did. yeah, that's right. Dude, Dude, it was super clean. Dude, that is so that is shoe good just as bad as that one. Well, nice. I'm not touching that one ever. So how are you liking that switch glow, Nick? Well, yeah, now I like it. It's great. It, it works great on mine. And oddly enough, I just did a little dab and it holds just fine. You know, it's funny, Nick. I came home and started going through my trailer to get things cleaned out. I found two more of those switch glows that I didn't even know I had. <laughs> You and your, oh, man, the trailer. Okay, guys, when we were joking about it a couple weeks ago, and he was like, oh, man, you thought that it was bad last time. You want to see it this time. (laughs) He was not kidding. It actually looks really good right now. We, uh, a couple of us cleaned it out at the field the other day. That that was, there's just hardly any words that you can put into how how it was it looked like a homeless person lived in there i'm not gonna lie i, I was homeless for that week <laughs> i felt at home dan don't let him get to you man i'm not gonna let him get to me i uh you know i just you know it's funny you should bring that up because uh on uh heli freak the other day or last night i noticed that there was a post about what type of personality are you did you guys see this post Mm-mm. I didn't. It's a uh, personality test. You take this test. It's like 68 questions. You answer the questions. And it gives you what your personality, you know, there's like a whole list, maybe 20 or so different personalities, entrepreneur, scientist, yada, yada, whatever, mm-hmm. all kinds of things. And um, a lot of the questions had to do with that very thing. It was like, so... Do you thrive in an orderly work environment, <laughs> that kind of thing? Or do you worry about putting shit away when you're done with it, that kind of stuff? Of course, I said no. And at the end of the uh, at the end of the personality test, guess what it told me? What type of personality that I have? It told what? me that I have an entertainer personality. There you go. Isn't but that how, entertainer? How does like how does living in a dump? Tie in with the energy. Well, that was just, you know, part oh, of the question. Oh, man. Here we go. It's, uh, the thread is called, what type of, well, it says Heli Freak personality, but it's, it's, uh, I'll put a link to this and let me just kind of uh, run you through some of the types. There's pedagogues, journalist, field marshal, inventor, seller, entertainer. That's the one I ended up being. Uh, and let me give you the, let me tell you what it says. Radiates attractive warmth 
and optimism. Smooth, witty, charming, clever, fun to be with, very generous. They make good performers. They love talking on the phone. I don't know about talking on the phone. Well, there's a few things in there I don't know about. But anyway, I'd be interested, Nick. You sh I should, uh, when I get to this link, you should take it. I'd be curious to see what yeah. it comes up with you. I already know. All right. It. I'll go for it. I'll take it. All right. We're going to, I'm going to put that, sh that link on our show notes and, uh, We'll see. We'll see what Nick comes. Up. He'll tell us next week when he, after he gets done taking it. You take it too, Justin. And let's. I'll take it. I I imagine yours is probably going to come up scientist. We'll see. You know those. I've taken a couple of those in uh, in the past, and they tend to surprise you. I was I was shocked. I was like, "What? Really? Do they do they have a idiot savant <laughs> option?" I think. Nick, you're going to come up as a promoter. These are action-oriented, sophisticated people, uh, exciting, and make good promoters and entrepreneurs. I, hmm. think, I think that fits you. That sounds reasonable, yeah. Anyway, that's kind of a fun little thing that somebody posted there on the, uh, on the Heli Creek forum. Yeah, I'll give it a whirl. Other than that, guys, I think we about wrapped it up. It's been, uh, it's been a fun week. I'm sad to see the flying season come to an end, but uh, all things must come to an end i suppose and winter is on its way here we still are on fire over here in montana by the way i left here hoping to get away from the smoke only to arrive to smoke Was and this here? happens every year um it's been happening more and more i don't want to say it happens every year it doesn't happen this bad every year yeah, because that sounds bad, man. You've been talking about that for months now. Yeah, it's uh, they're saying they don't see it going away until snow flies. Oh, wow. They just, in fact, yesterday uh, extended the fire season, they call it, indefinitely. So take that for what it's worth. That's crazy. Indefinitely? That's what they said. So I don't know what that means exactly. but They just, they just scratched out the welcome to Montana and just wrote hell right next to it because it's just going to be on fire forever now. Dude, what you hate Montana? What what is the what is the foundation of your hate for Montana? I, I'm just curious. I gotta know. Whatever species of archaic dinosaur like disease ridden bugs those were you at need, the Heliprot Spun Fly. Well, whatever they were. Those have you were not like, spent any time in Western Montana? No. There you go. You need to come hang out here for a while. This. Up here where I live is, I mean, Billings is a horrible example of Montana. It really is. It's the armpit Well, of first impressions are everything. <sighs> but you drove through. <laughs> True. It was pretty when you drove through, wasn't it? Yeah, no, it is nice. Yeah. It is. That portion of it's nice. And I, I mean, I understand it. There's areas of eastern Washington that are, you know, exactly the same. Well, Othello's kind of a lot like that. Flat. It's not yeah. as windy. But I don't know if it normally, I mean, Billings is just not. I don't know why anyone lives there. It's the biggest city in the state, by the way. Wait a minute, wow. Nick. Is there a JR plant in uh, Montana somewhere? I don't think so. I don't think so. You didn't get the joke. I didn't. You're That's why he doesn't like Montana. Oh, I get it. Oh, I gotcha. But, um, that was Justin's attempt at a funny. That's uh, <laughs> that's what happens when a rocket yeah. scientist tries to employ yeah. humor. Man. <laughs> all righty guys well um quick notice uh next episode be the first episode in october we are going to let you guys know who won that awesome charging case 
Woo-hoo. We're going to make that decision sometime this week. Uh, congrats to whoever won it. And, um, of course, we'll announce it on the show, and then we'll be getting in touch with you. So uh, cross your fingers. We got a fair amount of entries. Um, I'm actually kind of kind of pleased. I uh, don't know off the top of my head. I'll have to take a look. But we'll put those pictures together, and um, we'll kind of make that decision and, and let you guys know how that goes. Sweet. Other than that, we sure hope you guys enjoyed listening to this episode as much as we enjoyed making it. Have a good week, guys. We'll see you next Monday. Bye-bye, everyone. Take it easy. This has been a production of RC Heli Nation, LLC. If you have a question, comment, or suggestion, send us an email using the Contact Us link on the homepage. If you'd like to make a donation, there's a Donate Now button on our homepage as well. 